2: What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room podcast. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And the Lakers wrapped up their preseason yesterday uh, in Palm Springs with a 123 to 100 loss to the Phoenix Suns. That was quite a roller coaster of a game, as was the case for a lot of the preseason. Mike, Lakers come out hot out of the gates, seven nothing after an AD kind of delayed rim run for a dunk timeout, Phoenix. Lakers go up, I think, 14 to 6, I think the score was, at the first substitution. So the starting lineup looks great once again. Then the back half of the first quarter was pretty bad. Then they start the second quarter, and it's LeBron, Hayes, Max Christie, Torian Prince, and D'Angelo Russell. That group looks really, really good. The Closers look good, but Phoenix says Phoenix is going to do, especially when they have Booker and Beal back as well. Hit a couple of threes down the stretch and they go go on a 10-0 run to close the second quarter. Lakers up 4 at the end of halftime. I thought in the text thread uh, Darius appropriately uh, characterized the start of the third quarter. Like the first couple minutes were pretty good, but there was definitely a foot off the gas. That's about it. And then after that some of the worst basketball you will ever see. <laughs> and then the South Bay guys close out the game as they've often been against guys that are kind of end of rotation players for the other team and acquitted themselves. Well, once again, I'm really excited about the South Bay squad and those guys. And so Mike, it was quite a journey from, uh, from home. What was it like in the arena?
3: Well, it was cool in the arena. There were a ton of Laker fans that I think don't get a chance to come to a ton of games unless they make that two hour drive uh, West in this case. And, uh, yeah, it was loud, like uh, the arena cool. So it was a good experience overall. And to start the game, you're right. Like what I what I noticed my seat uh, this time was right at center court, like mid court, So I got a good sense of everything. Uh, Anthony Davis was just murdering Nurkic uh, for the first couple minutes. And this was kind of we've had this conversation about post eight trade and Nurkic and how they're, they're going to hold up. But then I thought, as the starters continue to click pretty well. And once they got off to that kind of a start, they just took their foot off the gas a little bit um, as is going to happen in the preseason. And Phoenix kept playing hard. uh, And I like a lot of their, their backups, like Eubanks, for example, was really kicking ass inside and against the Lakers secondary bigs. So it, it, I, what I want to start with though is kicking it to Darius because this is the first time that the, the Darius displeasure scale has come up. You know, this is a bit that I like to try to push the last couple of years. I don't know if you guys are quite as into it as I am, uh, (laughs) but you know, it it went quickly from like number eight, you know, which was forgot to take the trash out and it's late, which is not not that big of a deal. All of a sudden. Yeah,
1: that happened last night, by the way. Oh wow, it was one of (laughs) those nights. So (laughs) I was, I got caught up watching the game and then I had the right, I wrote the recap and so <laughs> it's like after 10 o'clock and I'm about to like get ready for bed. I'm making the coffee like to brew the, the following morning because I have it set it up for a timer. So when I get up in the morning, my coffee is made and I'm like, I forgot to take the trash out. I got to wheel the trash to oh, the front. And it was one of those weeks where we had like a lot of like recycling and so it was just a lot of stuff to take out and so, so that down. happened Mike. You. so it's just like the displeasure scale was well, in full effect on both that, accounts
3: that happened but on the text right
1: it yes. quickly got
3: up to like about number five which just got home but the pickup order is wrong then uh, uh, pretty soon we're up oh, to man. like new shoes got scuffed uh and especially if they're white Kobe's. he was hot and last by night, the yeah by the third quarter we were in. Stri- we were straight. Like, I was. We were almost at microwave fish territory. He was so uh, on mad on the thread, and I and I use one of my roles on the thread is to is to try to like if you guys are going wild with trade ideas or with like getting too mad about a game, then I start to just temper wait, wait, things. Wait, wait, wait. That the just trade naturally- ideas are
2: usually not in game. In our defense, it has to be a really <laughs> bad true. Game no, true, to, true, for true. Us to be deep in
3: the trade <laughs> machine, true. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that's not on a game day, but that's like that's when things are getting wild on a non-game day. Uh, but sure. on, a, on a on a game, so I, we weren't quite at flight delayed, have to watch Laker playoff loss on the phone territory. But it was it was getting there. So uh, I I first just want to kick to that, and then we can we can see what parts we can talk down and what parts are are going to be actual concerns next week.
1: So could I just say that this is a preseason game? It's a final preseason game of the exhibition and The game is almost over. And my wife comes into the bedroom where I'm watching the game. My kids are getting ready to go to bed. And instantly I just start saying, this game made me so mad. And she's looking at me like, <laughs> like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> and then I just like, let it loose. And honestly, like, I might as well just be talking to myself because she's basically ignoring me. She's just letting me talk Probably just right. because so, I needed yeah. to talk. So. Mike explained this. This is perfectly correct. I was not I was not happy at all with the way that last night's game played out and not because they lost by 20 or anything else. I was under the impression, Pete, that this was going to be a bit of a dress rehearsal type of game. And on certain levels, it looked like that. I loved the way LeBron looked like the way he was using his legs to get into his jumper and like how smooth his his jumper looked mm-hmm. that was super encouraging i love the way that ad has played on both ends of the floor but defensively i just think that he is a terror yeah, he dominated defensively that first quarter. right now yeah. and his instinct to basically just protect the basket is great I thought Delo and Austin played their respective uh strong strong games. Delo's shot wasn't necessarily falling but he had 6 assists. He was running pick and roll. I I thought he was really orchestrating things like that first 5 I thought All played well within their roles. Prince didn't get as many looks, but the game was going the other direction with with like LeBron and then the guards doing a lot of the heavy lifting.
2: And he did a solid job on KD. Uh, We'll talk about some of the scheme stuff on the defensive end, but saw some strong side zone last night in which Prince was the primary matchup on KD. And I thought he did a a solid job.
1: Yes. And so Great. Where the game started to turn to me is where you were talking about the roller coaster, Pete, and like the up and down nature of not having your guys. Like I get it. Like Vando wasn't available. Um, Gabe sat, sat out as well. But the way that the rotation went, and the and I'm just gonna single these well these guys out because I know no other way. Like I thought the trio of Cam, Rui, and Wood, all of them were just irksome to me in their own individual ways during the game like cam i've advocated for cam in my own way just because i think that he's got a certain uh pedigree and like a high ceiling as as a talent but he was like chaos incarnate to me a little bit Mm -hmm. like just running around a fair amount he missed a couple of defensive rotations like i liked his activity and how he's been getting after things but it's not being channeled all of the way. Um, I thought Rui's engagement level was not where it needed to be defensively. He got back cut like several times mm-hmm. and 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 just was too focused on his own offense and like passing at the very last second, like after everything else was closed off. And Wood's energy level, I just thought, wasn't where it needed to be. And this idea of it being a dress rehearsal game. Like the potential of that with like a real rotation, and we're gonna play our guys, and then to see Cam get like the fifth most minutes in the first half, and he played more than Rui and Prince, right, and Prince got in a little bit of foul trouble, but if you know he's not going to play the second half, does it matter for that like so. It was the first game during the pre, during the exhibition season where I had questions about like the rotation. And if this is a dress rehearsal game, that's the last time. Sure. I, that's when I really don't want to start to have questions about the rotation. And then in general, I just thought um, the bench units just didn't have a lot to them in terms of focus and energy and playing within... The team construct in the way I wanted to see, and that just turns me sour every single time I watch a basketball game. The last thing I want to watch is sort of this like, oh, we're just out here for ourselves sort sort of thing. And that's how it felt to me, and it just rubbed me wrong, considering this is like a stepping stone game towards the regular season,
3: totally fair. and I think the the immediate counter that I'm, that I'm thinking of is, is basically why is this happening? Right. Cause there's no arguing about that's how the game went. Uh, and that's how, the, that's how things were is, you know, what is Darvin ham trying to accomplish and going in with what you just said as the stress rehearsal, you'd figure you're trying to be sharp. You're trying to kind of, Uh, mirror what rotations might look like but i don't think it ended up actually playing out that way because the dress rehearsal to me meant more like we're gonna get these guys a certain number of minutes especially um in going into the third quarter and that's really lebron ad and like reeves and, and russell to an extent but if you ever saw a unit looking like the second units did it's just an easy, quick sub, you know, Austin, you're staying in LeBron, you're staying in or Russell, you're staying in. And that kind of eliminates part of the issue. And of course, you're never going to play that uh that, sec- that actual second unit lineup that we saw a bunch that had no point guard whatsoever. And just didn't really have even a guard. Um, I guess, you know, Max Christie in a sense, but he's he's plugged in in that context when Phoenix is playing their real bench um as more of like a three and D and not the type of way he's going to play in summer league. Or you're not going to get as efficient of an offense. So um, I just felt like this is Darvin Ham trying to give Cam Reddish a real shot with the rotation group, and it didn't go well. It hasn't gone well all preseason, and I would be—I don't—I shouldn't say I would be surprised because who knows what the coaching plan is, but that—that that clearly isn't going to work against Denver, right, or against Phoenix next week, and maybe you know, maybe now that film that that film is there. And when the team watches the film and it's sort of like those minutes are going to be occupied by Gabe Vincent anyway, um, in in a sense. And then the rotation is going to adjust accordingly. So, Pete, to kick this to you, the only the larger question, I guess, that I had was with how Wood played the whole preseason. Should he and and, or some combination of will and should should he be getting those quick shifts with Anthony Davis uh, or is that is he not, you know, Has he not yet figured out his spots where uh, where he can play um, in, especially in two tough games right away? And and or as I build layers upon this, uh,
2: (laughs) that's what we do here.
3: Right. Right. Because like this. I also think Darvin's really good at knowing how to operate within the locker room. And that's a reason why certain guys are getting certain chances earlier than not, even at the expense of time of what the best unit yep. is going to be to win that game. And which is what we sometimes have to think when we're like, well, wait, why is this guy not playing? That yep. is something that Darvin is good at. And those these are the locker room dynamics that always come into play. So um, let's let's chew on that over the break, Pete, and then come back and tell us all the answers.
0: We're driven by the search for better.
2: I think you landed on the operative question, especially with Wood. This applies to Reddish a little bit. I just don't think that he gets too much benefit of the doubt uh, in terms of rotation. I'll, I'll get to him in a bit. But at the right before our first preseason game, li- literally the day of, uh, a friend of mine texted me, who are your playoff eight, he asked me, of this Lakers roster? Those that guys that when it is come playoff time, who are the eight guys that you're going to roll with? We had a good discussion about it, and my playoff eight is different at the end of the preseason than it was at the beginning of it, and it is – I actually feel really good about those eight players, but we are not in the playoffs yet, right? And so I think that it's natural in the course of a preseason to have, okay, this, this works. We found a couple of things that work. We have a couple of other things that aren't there yet. And to me, the operative question is how much patience do you want to have with the wood lineups? How much patience do you want to have with the reddish lineups? Like what to what degree are those were those guys brought in with a degree of belief from the head coach, right? And and a belief in their talent and in the people that they are, that they will be able to put it together and figure it out to what degree is it worth investing in early on, Darius, and perhaps taking some lumps and trying to see if you can reach that point. And, and because if there were uh, a playoff game on Tuesday as opposed to the first game of the season, neither uh, Reddish nor... And Reddish wouldn't be in my regular season rotation either, but Wood wouldn't be uh, be playing at all. And so, but that's not the case. And so, curious about your thought on that, D Also, one small point with the Reddish minutes... I suspect that he was a placeholder in that 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 he was a placeholder for like Vando Vando's type minutes right there and that they were trying to by doing that and putting him there that gets everybody else into their regular rotation where if we had the same injuries in a regular season game. It probably means tweaking other guys' shifts just to make sure that those lineups aren't out there. So, anyway, that, that just crossed my mind. Curious about your whole that whole idea though of like investing in guys and seeing if that can pay off down the line. I'm all for like keeping guys involved. I think like
1: maintaining buy-in and keeping guys like looped in is an important task that every head coach has to. Um, has to really work on over the course of, of a full season. And don't get me wrong. Like, I think, Wood should play (laughs) right? Like, I don't think that he's played to the level that I would have hoped he would have played to at this point, but he's done some things well in places where I'm like, Oh, look at this. Like you brought up his rebounding the other day. Um, I think that rebounding is going to be useful. He's high pointing the ball with two hands and he's getting really contested helpful. rebounds yeah. in traffic like that's a super important skill. Yeah. And I think he's still trying to find his way offensively. Um one of the things that you learn over the course of of a preseason is and I'm big into this as well is there's five man groups, but there's like two and three and four man lineup data as well that I'm super interested in diving into once we get a big enough sample. The eye test tells me through the preseason and Mike, Mike wrote this down in his preview for, for the game in terms of what guys have played in the most preseason games and what in Rui have played in every preseason game right and one of the things that I'm noticing is that from a two and three man lineup data perspective I'll be super interested to see if like the Rui and Wood combination ends up being a positive mm. over the course of the season because the preseason returns on that guys like tell me like that's not as I totally
2: that yes why do you think that that's is not it
1: t- why well I just think both of those guys have the same mindset in terms of looking for their own and being sort of like these island scorers that that Mike has, Mm -hmm. has mentioned before. And passing is like their fourth read, right? And Rui in particular, like he is not passing until he is like completely covered up. And a lot of times when you get to that point in the possession, the defense has the chance to recover back to their own guy. And then like even the passing angles get messed up a little bit. And now it's like everyone has to reset in in order to get something going again. And I understand that he's looking for his offense first, but both him and Wood, are doing that, and it's like, and they're doing it off of the catch almost immediately. Yeah, they're, they're and attacking it's like hard.
2: one-on-three type situations, D where both guys are over-penetrating. And I think both guys, like you said, have that mindset of, I'm a scorer, that's what I'm out here to do. But they're attacking a lot of like set defenses, like driving right into the teeth of a defense, it's, and it's like, yeah, you're gonna have to shoot a really difficult shot here. And so they're just like, it's it's sort of a struggling in quicksand approach to offense where neither guy's particularly successful. Just to
3: add into this discussion, the when we've we've had a lot of time over the last several years talking about the build around LeBron and AD, and for a while, and I think especially early with the 2019-20 team that wins the title there weren't as many guys that were out there that just like their main thing was going to go get their own. That's right. Uh, it was, it was more of a support around the two stars build and that certainly worked. And then last year, just with how the roster started the year. And then after the trade deadline, you know, the guy that came in and certainly did that and then it worked great was Rui, but Rui also defended uh, pretty well and was sort of on like best behavior on that side of the court. And, his offense as a sixth man sort of ended up working out well but had Rui not shot the ball as well as he would have and he played that same way then maybe it doesn't work as well uh, and he's not in the game as much and so he he, but since it worked if you follow this thread line now he comes into this season with kind of like great full confidence Mm -hmm. with his on his own individual offense and that's how he played last year other than the getting out in transition was great, like the the rim running. He got a lot of easy baskets that way, but he just he really did sort of play his own game. Then you bring in Christian Wood and that's how he's always played. Uh, and, you know, it, even then in the backcourt now, when Austin and D'Lo um, are starting and their best skill, I still think is kind of like looking for their own shot, um, even though they both are very capable passes. So it's just it's just a different mix in terms of the offensive creation. And by the way, Anthony Davis is being more aggressive, and we love that. That's that's something that we've been pining for. It's just like a there's a lot of firepower in different ways, and I think that when that when it's not such a clear hierarchy as to who's going to take shot when uh, take shots when some of the guys have to just do more of the um, I don't even want to call it dirty work, but just play more of a role within that context. And and I don't that's the part of the preseason that I think we didn't really get a chance to see much. Uh, And it's it's just like you would love a couple of games that weren't Denver and Phoenix, you know, to start the season to to sort that out a little better. But I'm also kind of trusting in that, especially with LeBron and AD, that things will sort of fall into place uh, in in that context. It's just like it hasn't been as clean um, that way. And uh, and the roles haven't been as determined as to just like the way that this structure is going to work.
2: I'm thrilled that we're playing Two really good teams to start out the season. And then Sacramento at home, who's a good home team. Like, I think a lot of where we're at is going to be revealed earlier in the season, particularly with the the bench groups. Um, With Rui and Woods specifically, D, I think they're at their best on offense when someone else is determining when they're going to shoot if that makes sense, right? And so like, part of Rui's success in the playoffs is that he's surrounded by all this ball handling. He was in the Prince role a lot of times, right? Where he's surrounded by D'Lo and Austin and LeBron and AD. All Ruby's gotta do in those situations is shoot the ball when you're open from three or attack the closeout. But it's a very like binary decision making. The, the defense is all already broken down. And Ruby, a lot of times this preseason has been going one on two, one on three type of situations where it's like, that wasn't how you had your success in the first place. And so, but in his defense, this is also why playing in groups with another island type of score without a guard yeah. like it if that's Gabe Vincent out there kind of determining okay you get the ball on a pick and pop here Christian Wood you get the ball Rui on a skip pass where they tagged a little too hard then you start seeing like more of the best of those guys yes but even that's not Vincent's strength
1: either. So let's not like start to project, like, oh, he's some pure point guard who's Absolutely. like out there being like, like Rajon Rondo, right? Sure. Like even Gabe is at his best when he's out there attacking and, and like looking for his own a little bit and playing pick and roll in some isolation basketball. He's, he's a shot maker too. Like one of the things that I'm super interested in is who are the connecting players. And who are the guys who are going to benefit off of the connecting players? And look, LeBron is both hats. He can go get his own and he can be a connecting player. D'Lo can wear both hats. Austin can wear both hats. AD can wear both hats. But of the role players, how many role players wear both hats? Right. Well, who would you and, say on this
2: team fits it?
1: Well, I would say that as a role player who can wear both hats, like Prince is an interesting guy to me because his his shot making and off-ball ability <laughs> make him a connecting player. But in the five-out system, he is also a good enough guy, like, coming off of handoff action and, like, making the right read coming off of a screen where you're just like, oh, you can do a little bit of both. Mm. And, like, he attacks closeouts well. He does some on-ball stuff that is important, even though it's, like, a one-lane sort sort of thing where the freeways start to condense and he's just like, okay, now we're in a two-lane road and I can do these one or two That's things right. with one or two, two decisions. It's like... The thing that I'm seeing in Wood and Rui, though, is that they are not connecting players at all Mm -hmm. at this point. Right. And that that then means how many of those can you have in a lineup at the same time? Mm -hmm. And are those guys going to be compatible in the same group? And right. And early evidence is telling me no. Mm -hmm. And those guys played a lot during the preseason. And so this isn't a sample where it's just like, oh, you only played in three of the preseason games or you only played in two of the preseason games and we only got this one little look at you guys. Like, no, these dudes played together, right? And now we don't get lineup data from preseason games, so I can't go dive in. But it's like the eye test told me those two guys were like playing back and forth ball a little bit too much for my liking. And so let's go to break here, Pete, because the point you made about The playoffs don't start tomorrow is an important one, but the habits to get to the playoffs started already. And so I want to hear your thoughts about building that bridge.
2: To answer your question, I think it starts with determining, okay, who are the guys that can, that will play roles on the way to getting here. And so, for me, that's the the five that started: Vincent, Max, Vando, Rui, Hayes, and Wood. Reddish isn't in this group for me. Reddish is with uh, Jalen Hood Shafino and Maxwell Lewis in terms of like I'd rather shorten the rotation than him be in the rotation. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what Darwin does. And this this actually is kind of the core thing, Mike. Is that It goes back to Darvin. Darvin's going to be the person making these decisions. He's a guy that openly advocated for Christian Wood, for Cam Reddish, right? And I would be surprised if the season starts without Wood especially getting a shot to find a way to make it work. And I think we'll have plenty of conversations on how to to make it work. I think – for is I'd see the same dissonance that you see with Rui and Wood. I think Vando and Wood actually will would play very well together and help each other out in that Vando can be the role guy, the one guy on the court that doesn't really shoot very well, while also having a big uh a five that can space the floor. I think there's some potential, you know, uh Synergy there, and Vando is not a guy that needs a ton of shots. This is something Hayes was talking about to you last night, Mike. Is like he's like, yeah, I'm not going to take a ton of shots. I'm going to do what I do and be big. And that connecting idea um, is is super uh, important on this team. But I also see why Darwin would want to invest in figuring figuring it out with Wood. So, where do you stand on on that whole idea?
3: Yeah, so I I agree with what Darius said earlier, and, and as much as uh you know I think that Wood has struggled in certain contexts in this preseason, I do I think it's totally fine to invest in him early and to give him some of those minutes protected by AD defensively, but you know sort of not push it too far. Like the one player I think that just has just struggled uh, flat out in the preseason is Reddish, and I think that he's got to just whatever it might be, take some more time with practicing with the team, watching more film, figuring out what spots he's going to be in. There, there are some things that he's done from a talent perspective that I think that could come out and be needed at some point in the season. I just don't think Denver and Phoenix in the first two games uh, are the times to try that out. With Wood, I get it more because he's the rest of the ro- rotation is going to protect him uh, for the most part. So if it's, if it's Russell, Reeves, AD, Prince, and, Jay- and LeBron to start, and then you're coming in with Hachimura, throw Wood in for some minutes, um, and then Vincent – and that like that Vanderbilt, I don't know that he's going to be ready for the first game. Um, so to me, then you're you the only decision is, do you have Max in, you know, for some minutes as opposed to just having Prince play more at the backup, too. But either way, you're good there. Like, I'm, I'm good. I'd love to see Max get a shot there uh, and, you know, have him run around and you know, chase Christian Brown or maybe even get some minutes on Jamal Murray, whatever it might be. But that's a that those groupings are all going to make sense because either Russell or Reeves or LeBron will be on the floor um, and, and throw Vincent into that mix as well. So in other words, all of the stuff that we saw in the preseason with the lineups that for a while we were our, our conversation was it's hard to screw up what these rotations are going to be. Well, we just saw an example yeah. of it you know, uh, yeah. last night, but, but that was an extreme. And it was because of specifically what the plan was, I think with, with the minutes for the starters. And then with Vincent not being there to anchor, um, even though he isn't the typical point guard, um, as it was also just pointed out. So I'm, I'm just more thinking that the Lakers haven't won a pre a, their regular season opener. Do you, do you guys know this? Did you hear this stat? Aaron Larsoul told me the other day, the, the, the last time the Lakers won the season opener. She's won. Tw- 2016 wow Wow. so it's not the end of the world right they won the title one of the years that they didn't win the season opener they got to the conference finals one of the years they didn't win the season opener other years they were terrible uh but it's just like i do think that there it's an important shift to go in and just really try to win that game with your with your best rotation um possible with but like we, we all just agree that I don't know that – I don't know for sure that Wood is in the best rotation possible right now. But like the idea of what he does and spacing the floor for mm-hmm. AD, getting contested rebounds against Denver specifically, um, I do think could be fruitful. And I'm – there's also a part of me that just has recognized in the past some players treat preseason differently from the regular season. Mm-hmm. And I want to see if any of these guys that have been just sort of playing their own way in the preseason do – pick things up in the regular season and I think Rui's one of those guys by the way I I do expect him to be better uh in in that game and I I'm curious to see if Wood can step it up a little bit too so that's where I'm at with it it's it's all this all of this stuff has been fine these last couple weeks but how things look on in the regular season opener will will open up second guessing um I guess is the way that I would put it relative to how the team looks and who's playing with whom and when
2: for me Mike it's darius's point about the habits that you build now is there's in the second unit that was just so bad and again this was there were two different versions of this last night there was the end of game one that got absolutely thumped in the third quarter what was that like a 35 to 15 quarter but there was also the end of the first quarter group that this these are groups that it's not gabe vincent that's running point it's one of D'Lo or Austin is out on the court, right? Like, this is the build. This is what we're going for. So it's not this extreme type of version. And those units had difficulty scoring. Now, I thought it was super interesting what Vogel's doing with his bench group is he actually had a group that was all defense, right? And so that part of the game was super low scoring on both ends of the floor. So anyway, just a small little evidence point. But there's a habit with that group that you were talking about, Darius, of uh, kind of built around Wood and Rui, where you are looking for your own and you're not looking to swing the ball. You're not looking to like run something coordinated to break down the defense. You're looking to do it by virtue of your individual talent. And it is so different than how the starters play stylistically that it's jarring. And so that, idea of yes guys will treat things different maybe you see uh, a change in habits and things like that and of course they'll play with different personnel but if that starts to seep into a group that is a danger of getting all of these talented guys is that everybody continues to play on an island and if that seeps into a group that it becomes part of your habits
1: putting the lineup together is about balance it's it's like cooking a dish right it's it's one of the reasons why i advocated for Vando to start Right. Which is like I'm looking for I was looking for defensive balance within a group, Mike. And I have been I've been pleased with how Prince has been competing defensively. And and I think we'll get to him in in a second. Um, And Prince has added some balance to the starting group in a way as an off ball worker, someone who's going to compete defensively and a guy who makes his open three pointers now he he didn't get as much opportunity against the Suns but I feel pretty confident with where Prince is but it's going to be an interesting test to me and this was highlighted in the Suns game in a way that I had been noticing it obviously during the rest of the preseason but it's like they're bringing two sort of like, I'm going to be a six man of the year guy by scoring a lot of points off of the bench. And both of these dudes play the same, same position. And it's like, well, only one of like, it's too much salt, right? Like (laughs) in the dish, like, like I'm talking about like, so here's my cooking reference again, but if you're making a dish, it's just like, okay, well let's add some salt. All right. Well, here's some kosher salt. All right. Well, Now here's some Himalayan pink salt. It's just like, no, dude, like we just added salt. We don't need more of it. What we need is like like what we need is some acid or some sweetness to balance this out. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the reasons why I've been, why Hayes has been growing on me more and more. It's because he is serving as that connecting piece in the front court next to a Rui, or even next to a Wood, like, oh, well, this dude's just going to set screens. He's just going to dive. He's going to rebound. He's going to try his best defensively. And there's a balance within the group that matters a little bit more. And so this is why I'm not saying Wood shouldn't play, or this is why I'm not saying cut Rui's minutes. I'm not saying either of those things. I'm saying the construction of the lineups with those two guys in particular they offer a very distinct style and replicating it in the same group as often as has been seen this this preseason has been a little bit eye opening to me about what yeah. lineups can 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 work and it's been tricky because lebron hasn't played in so many of these games that he is going to be a centerpiece within these these groups too but if you have Like LeBron was in the game during this stretch with both Rui and Wood, and it's just like, it it was like, well, this isn't working yeah. right now. Like, Wood needs a different type of support defensively than what Rui and LeBron can can provide mm-hmm. to him. And then even with LeBron as a connecting player, he's still LeBron James. It's just like
2: he's still going to hunt his own shot. He's still going to look to he's dominate be your ball possessions in that group, right? Like, let's, if you don't have Anthony Davis on the floor, who's rightfully taking a ton of you know possessions himself, you've got one of D'Lo and Austin off of the floor. That that's when you need LeBron to be more of a guard.
1: Yeah. And and so it was just an interesting thing to me watching this as like, quote unquote, the dress rehearsal game. And then when you have LeBron in there with 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 Wood and Rui and then if one of the other wings is Cam Reddish, it's just like all right, well, now you've just injected some chaos into this dish now. And it's just like, okay, well, what's going on in terms of like the wing defense and these guys are running around. It's like, okay, it got a little bit too helter-skelter for me. And I was looking for a little bit more balance that just didn't come in last night's game. And honestly, it just frustrated me to see it all play out the way that it did.
3: Yeah, so it's about, I was trying to get this, I was trying to ask questions to Darvin and to AD and Austin about, all right, kind of try to put this preseason game that we just saw into context with the rest of the preseason. And what were the things that you needed to see that you didn't? I, what were the things that you liked? And the I think the collective, the, the way I would describe the collective is... It is a confident locker room. They do feel like they have enough. They are they recognize that it it hasn't all come together in perfect form. In in never it was never going to based on who was going to play and how much in the preseason. But it doesn't feel they don't feel that there is some fatal flaw um, certainly, or that there's there's anything to be too concerned about. And it does seem like that everybody is still rowing in the same direction. Um, even if there are there are some glaring things already about some guys might not just fit the best with other guys on there. This team does have multiple options. uh, And I suppose that would be the way I would, I would put it finally. And it's always great to go into the start of the season with those exact answers. And I don't know that many teams in the current NBA do just because of the miss the mixture of how many players move and how many, um, how many teams have like, different styles and different coaches. And there's just a lot in the league now uh, that prohibits teams having this full like roster to roster transition. And so the Lakers are in a much better place than they were in the past do have some issues to iron out, but I think overall um, it was still a a successful preseason uh, despite what things looked like down the stretch there of that Phoenix game.
2: Yeah. Deceptive two and four record to end Mike, the groups that, that played and now I don't want to act like you know there's not going to be injuries and there won't be other games where Gabe Vincent isn't coming off the bench that's part, that's part of it certainly but the groups that um that had the the actual guys that are going to play in them uh I looked very good throughout the preseason and the numbers backed that up did. As, as well. And so it's this very stark difference, right? Between the two and four record. And just, I really want to reiterate some of the worst basketball. <laughs> it was so bad on both ends of the floor. Like I was like cracking up at your anger in the text thread last night while also being like, I totally get it. It also speaks to a level of there's high expectations on this season and lofty goals, right? It's uh, it would and and so every everything in the spotlight of LA and the Lakers is going to be highlighted. And when something is is doesn't work, right, this is going to be uh, the, a bright light is going to be shown upon it. I just looked up that box score of
1: that opening night win from 2016-17 season. So starting lineup, Julius Randle, D'Angelo Russell, Lou Alding, Nick Young, and Mazgoff. Man. our boy randall went nine for 11 from the field 18 points russell had 20 on seven for 16 shoot, play? shooting played the houston, houston Rockets. oh that's right beat yes the, that was a fun game the james that harden game. houston rockets yeah. and uh <laughs> clarkson off the bench for 25 points big bench game lou will uh <laughs> plus 17 led the team those were interesting times so maybe d could bring yeah. it back opening season with with D'Lo yeah. seven
2: years later, right? We'll be back on Monday, to, I think, to preview the Denver game. But until then, you've been listening to the Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time.
1: Danger's got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to the turn these double team. Just pass out of front. Broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic. Got
2: it. Magic fires. It's in! And the Lakers win the game! The Lakers win the game!
1: Three seconds left. That next to the winner. It. It's on the way there!
0: Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. with his eighth block shot that ties an NBA
3: Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP He's chance right, in, Boston, in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe, hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane, back for Gasol, pretty pass, and it's back to a three-point game. Kobe
0: Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move, two, score. one, missing. Jordan victory, it's over. over. It's over. Shot
2: popping out of five. Bryant,
3: yes. And that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble
2: and banner number 17 will soon hang in the Raptors.
0: I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet
2: Premier League podcast.